Welcome everyone to Anonymous Addiction Deprogramming Podcast. I'm Bobby C. And we're gonna we're gonna have a this this is gonna start connecting the dots. A lot of my other podcasts I talk about connecting the dots, follow the money. This one's gonna connect the dots to where, when, and how the disease model went over from the alcoholic to the family creating a family disease, the family dysfunction, where Al-Anon came from, Alateen came from. So we're gonna start getting into it right now. I spent a lot of time, a lot of research. Uh, I got probably about 20 pages written down. This, this chapter is longer than Bill's story. To the wives, chapter eight, to the wives, not to the wives, two wives. Chapter eight in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of people haven't even seen it, read it. They don't even know it's in there. Uh, they've probably been to hundreds of meetings and never even went to a big book meeting. But this, I'm gonna show the, the audience how the connecting of the dots and the big book is just a big promotion, a big design, a big marketing scheme for bigger and better uh, taking over medicalizing the recovery addiction and drug recovery industry profit uh, making huge profits off of it so let's get, let's get right into it we understand it bill you know two wives bill wrote this okay it's a fictitious it's like a ghostwriter bill was like a ghostwriter lois she she wanted to write it but he didn't want her to write it uh he asked Annie S. Dr. Bob's wife to help, but she, she, she declined. Bill wrote this whole thing, but I know for a fact he didn't write the whole thing because it only was three and a half years since 1935, since Bill and Bob met, that this came about. Three and a half years. Now, in that three and a half years, there was probably a, well, Back in 1939, 1938, Frank Hamas, you know, in my other podcast, Rockefeller behind this whole scheme, this whole scam. And people say, well, why do you mention Rockefeller all the time? Well, why do you mention Trump or why do you mention Biden? I mentioned Rockefeller because he was controlling all the puppets. He still is, you know. Um, Bill... 1938, Frank Amos wrote the Frank Amos report. And if you look up Frank Amos, Google it. Wikipedia, Google it. Check out Frank Amos, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Did you ever hear about that? Frank Amos, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know why? Because he was Rockefeller's advisor. Him and a couple other key players helped, they, they created it, they designed it. They used Bill and Bob's uh, connection. They used the story to create the agenda. They used the story, you know, for uh, marketing uh, technique. They they used the story of Bill and Bob. And, uh, so 1938, there was probably about 50, not probably, there was 50 members. There was two women. So you're talking, now that's in 1938. This was written in 1939. There could have been 75 or 100 at that particular time. 
it's it's this this book when you when you break this book down when you uncover when you unveil the, the truth when you get through the when you get beyond the the addiction recovery matrix okay because the matrix is made up of so many different layers of uh, indoctrination when you get beyond the addiction recovery matrix when the veil has been lifted and you can you can look and see and connect all the dots. That's what I'm here for, is to do that, okay? Help do it. So, 1939, you're talking about 100 members. 100 members, right? Okay. Now, let's get into it. So here's Bill talking as a woman. He's, he's a wife now. In the beginning, I fully believe that Bill was doing his fourth and fifth step in this whole book. In the beginning, I I put it down as A, because this is what he there, here's where he goes with this. First of all, he he says we want the wives of Alcoholics Anonymous to address the wives of men who drink too much. That's Bill talking, okay. Uh, as wives, here's Bill saying this: as wives of Alcoholics Anonymous, we would like you to feel that we understand, as perhaps few can. We want to analyze mistakes we have made. Now, this is Bill talking. He wants to analyze what the woman's mistakes are. He's, he's, he's a fictitious character, and he's writing, I want to I analyze the mistakes that you made. And that's what he does. He actually, he, first of all, he gets in and says, because I could I could have wrote this whole beginning, because it sounds a lot, a lot of men, I, I would, Men read this, women read this, children, adult children of Alcoholics Anonymous, codependent, I don't care where you go, what meeting, read this chapter and you will see how irrelevant, how damaging this chapter is for any wife, child, parent, relative to do these things that Bill is suggesting to you. So Bill comes up with the suggestions. First of all, he's, he's, telling, he's telling the audience, he's telling the viewers, because first of all, he wrote this to expand the book sales, okay? He didn't want to just get to the alcoholic. He wanted to go to the wife and the family and the relatives and the friends to expand the, the readers, the, the viewers, the people that can buy the book. And eventually, which he had in mind, because... In 1938, I mean 1939, when this was written, let, let's let me go back and see what happened in 1939. Okay, in 1939, Marty Mann, hmm, Marty Mann, she was the she, she was the promoter of the whole disease concept. Marty Mann, Jaronic, uh, Christopher uh, Brinkley, uh, Christopher Brinkley, uh, Brinkley's father. He, he was the founder of IBM. He poured so much money with Rockefeller's help because Rockefeller wanted it. He, he, Rockefeller created the modern medicine economy, the modern medicine era. Look it up. Look up Rockefeller's modern medicine. Marty Mann met Bill W. in 1939. And guess, guess who Marty's sponsor was? Hmm, Bill W. Bill W. sponsored Marty Mann. Guess who sponsored, guess who, 
guess who sponsored Bill W? As on my other podcast, but I'll fill you in. I'll, I'll let you know. Father Daly, Jesuit priest, sponsored Bill 20 years. Now, AA Agnostica, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something about AA Agnostica, which is the secular agnostic atheist in AA. They, they say they're separate, and they say there was no not much God in here. This whole thing is nothing but God, even in this, even in this chapter. So, 1939, Bill meets Marty. Hmm. Guess what they created? In 1939, Marty founded, Marty and Bill founded High Watch Farm in Kent, Connecticut, the first 12-step-based rehab. Mm. So they got the hospitals with Dr. Bob. Now they're starting the rehabs. Mm, what do we got to do next? Well, we got to promote this thing, this disease concept, because if it's not a disease, we can't get paid through the medical insurance. So let's create the disease concept. And you know, Dr. Silkworth even told everybody, they told, he told Bill, he said, push the disease concept, push it hard. And that's what they had to do. Well, Rockefeller was behind pushing it because he was behind creating all the, way before then Rockefeller went to, went to a German pharmaceutical company and bought it out. So they were planning way ahead of time with the alcohol and drug industry, how to monopolize it, put it under one arm, one pyramid, and uh, monetize it, which they did very well. This is a well-planned, well-designed marketing promotional indoctrination scheme. Brilliant. As you know, Rockefeller was brilliant, okay? So Bill wrote this, right? So here's A. Now, I, I mark it A, the next page. This, this chapter is 17 pages. It's longer than Bill's story or how it works. 17 pages. Why? Because they want to get this in the hands of the women. They had to get this in the hands of the women to control the women. To con now, when I say women, today it's not women, it's men women, when I talk about wives or women, I'm talking about men. I'm talking about whatever gender this is today, okay? It could be, it could be reversed. It doesn't have to be the wife, it could be the husband, okay? Uh, this is what he wants, because he did a four step and a fifth step and this is where he's doing it because he knows, and I could, I could, I could have wrote this because I did a lot of this stuff and I know it. And if my wife was sitting here, she would say, yes, yes, you did. But this is what he wants to say. We have been unselfish and sacrificing. He is a wife. He's saying this like he's the wife of an alcoholic, okay? Because he knows they were unselfish and unsacrificed. We have told in numerous lies. This is me, my wife, saying this. Uh, I've told numerous lies to protect my husband, you know, when he was losing his job or when the boss called up and said he was, you know, he was sick. I said, yes, he was sick. And you know what? Sometimes that happened. Okay, so I can relate that. Oh, we prayed and we begged. Yeah, my mother-in-law used to pray all the time. Okay. And so, so this is real. And I'm not here to deny any of the devastation. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me read this in the beginning what I wrote. I will not deny that all of this didn't happen to wives and husbands. 
and children and relatives because it did. This is big, this is heavy shit, okay? The devastating consequences that alcohol and drugs have on society, has on family is real. No questions asked, it's real. And people that wanna make it, minimize it, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna minimize it. Okay, the percentage may be small because they're saying most people aren't uh, problematic drinkers. Okay, they aren't. But the devastation in this families with wives and husbands and children and mothers and fathers is real. I don't care how, how what the percentage is. It's I lived it. I lived it for decades. So I know it's real through my experience, through my life journey, my experience. People say, well, you're not a professional. Yes, I am. We're all professionals in our own experience, our own reality. We went through it. We lived it. So don't tell us, try to tell us what is not real or what isn't real. Okay. All I know is today it's not a disease. I'm powerful. I'm not powerless. I don't buy any of the 12-step model. I know, I know because the veil has been lifted. I'm out of the matrix of this addiction recovery treatment. Decades. And if you have if you haven't experienced this, your family or your relatives, um, that's great. That's great. Okay. I just ask yourself one question. Is the alcohol and drug problem greater or less than years ago? And I'll tell you, the more I look and the more I research, it's greater and it's more promoted than ever. Okay. So let's get back. A, now this is a wife talking, right? It's Bill, but it's a wife. We have had retaliatory, I mean, right in the beginning, he's talking about, he's talking about the wife. Uh, we have had retaliatory love affairs with other men. This, you know, this is like my wife saying this. We have, we have been patient. Uh, we stuck out vicariously. We ran away. We were hysteric. We, we were terror-stricken. We sought sympathy. Our homes were battlegrounds many evenings. In the morning, we kissed and made up. I lived through this, okay? I'm not denying problematic drinking. Okay, uh, hoping, always hoping. Uh, men swore off, yeah, I swore off. I said, I promise I wouldn't drink again. Guess what, I did it again. We seldom had friends, but you know what? I was doing it, I was doing it. I didn't have no tools, no strategies back then. 38 years ago, I had no other choices. I was labeled before I came into alcohol, it's anonymous in alcohol, okay? So they labeled me. I went in the 12 step, and, and developed this, uh, took on this concept, took on this identity that I'm an alcoholic. They gave it to me and I took it on. It was my responsibility. Today I'm responsible. Today I know, okay. As wives of alcoholics, let's see here. Our homes, uh, we had to leave them. No one else could and would. We seldom had friends at our house. We came to live almost alone. Yeah, when I used to, same thing. When I used to go out for a three three day binge, and my wife was left alone, you know, she was left no question. When I was out for three days, my wife was left alone, and my kids. Okay, this is Bill doing a fourth and fifth, but he's faking like he's the woman. Okay, and how we know all this because we lived it, we experienced it, we did it to our wives or husbands, so we know. Okay, we seldom had friends, and this is this is a spectrum. When I read this, it's a spectrum from, from 
here, zero to 100%, it's just a spectrum. So what spectrum are you on? That's all. How do you relate to this? How do you not relate to this? This, this applies to just normal everyday drinkers or can apply to problematic drinking or drug or use, okay? Our men seldom uh, swore a great solemn oath. Uh, when we invited out, our husbands seek so many drinks that they spoiled the occasion. I did that many times. Um, on the other hand, they took nothing. When we didn't drink, when I didn't drink, I was a miserable son of a bitch and I had self-pity and I was a killjoy, okay? That's true, some of it, this is, this shit is true, you know, because I didn't have any coping skills. I, I didn't have any, where did I learn? In high school? Did I learn anything? I started drinking probably at age, what, 12, okay? Smarted, started uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking at age 12. You know, when I was in sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, whatever age that is, um, they were never financially secure. That's not true in my case, but you know, I paid the bills, but I, I, no, I paid the bills. Positions were always in jeopardy or gone. Uh, nothing was bought, let's see, sometimes, sometimes there were other women. How heartbreaking was this discovery? How cruel to be told they understood our men as we did not. Here's the, the bill collectors, the sheriffs, the angry taxi drivers, the police, the bums, the pals, even the ladies, they sometimes brought home. How do, how do we know that? Because Bill did it. Bill, Bill was listening to, you know, in the beginning they were called low bottom uh, drunks. We could call them drunks. I could call myself a drunk, big deal. Okay, low bottom uh, habitual drinkers. Let's be real nice about it, habitual drinkers. Okay, he hung with them all. He, he hung with them day and night, day and night. He brought all the bums, all the people, all the things. He'd done everything that's in his book, he did it. So he's, he's more or less omitting all his defects. That's what he's doing. They struck the air, uh, uh, so uh, they called us, they, we called the women unhospitable, joy kill. We called them nagging, right? Wet blankets. I'm saying we called them because he's saying that's what they thought they were, all right? We have tried to hold the love of our children for their father. We were told, we, we have told small tots that father was sick, okay? Which was much nearer the truth. Here, here. They struck the children, kicked out door panels, smashed treasure crockeries, and ripped the keys off of pianos. Now, Bill's, Bill's going to meetings every day. He's, he's creating this. He's, he's organizing it. He's promoting it. He's going to these meetings every day, and he's hearing this stuff from all his people. Because back then, say there was 100 members, there was probably only 10, 15 women, all men. They're describing all this shit because they're telling their war story. They're giving all their war story out to the, you know, you know, uh, what's said in here, let it stay in here. Yeah, sure. Here it is. It's all being put out. Uh, in midst of such pandemic, rush out, threaten to lot, live with other women. Yeah, we used to threaten. I used to threaten my wife with a divorce all the time. How does he know that? Because he did it too. In the midst of such pandemic, in desperation, we have even got tight ourselves. This is a woman saying well, in desperation, I even got drunk myself just to deal with it. And I'm sure women did or men did because, you know, first of all, 
they had to have a little happiness. You know, alcohol gets us happy sometimes, and sometimes it makes us troubled, but most of the time, you know, it gets, gets people happy. Then we were seriously criticized by our husbands, parents, for because they were ready to leave us. They were divorcing people. They were ready to leave us. And then our, then our, you know, the, the man's parents would say, criticize the woman. So why are you doing that? Why are you leaving? You know, what, why is he so bad? What's your part in it? We began to ask medical advice as sprees got closer. The alarming physical and mental symptoms that deepened, remorseful depression and inferiority that our men had. Now listen to this. This is Bill Wrightness. He says, he's calling the women. He's saying women are saying this. As animals on the treadmill. Now he's saying a woman would say this. As animals on a treadmill, we have patiently and wearily climbed, failing back and exhausted after each fatal effect to, to reach solid ground. Mm. This is where Bill tells you what to do. Most of us have entered the final stage with the commitments to health sanitariums, institutions, hospitals, and jails. Sometimes there were screaming de de deliriums and institutions. Insanity. Death was often near. Now, this is a woman telling another woman. Remember, this is a woman supposedly telling another woman about this. Now it goes. Now this is this is where Bill starts. This is where Bill starts. Under these conditions, we naturally made mistakes. Now, remember, this is a woman saying this, but it's not. It's really Bill. Okay. Now this is what Bill wants wants the women or the man to do in this other part of the next pages. He's setting it up to tell the woman or man that lives with an alcoholic what to do, how to do, what to say. Watch this. Under these conditions, we naturally made mistakes. You know, this is the woman saying, dealing with our sick men. And just as we were beginning to convince of their hardiness, they would surprise us with some fresh resolve and new attention. Yeah, after I used to go after a three-day binge, I'd have remorse, you know, I'd, I'd have remorse and, and I'd have to suck up to my wife and, you know, kiss up and ask for forgiveness and say I was sorry. You know, I did that over and over again. And so, you know, I'll promise I won't drink again. So yeah, the women and the men, uh, dealing with problematic drinking do have big problems. And it makes them baffled and heartbreaking, you know, because they don't know what to do. When drinking, they were strangers, right? And, um, and even if they did not love their families, how could they be so blind? Their judgment, their common sense, their willpower. How can they like be asked, you know, they can ask like, yeah, well, I agree. I'm really screwed up, man. But then next weekend, we'll see you later. You know, this is Bill. Bill lived this shit. All the men that come in and tell all their war, story, war stories, they lived this. They, they did this to their wives or to their husbands. They did it to them. Okay. And, the, and the, wife, the wife will say, yeah, these, these bastards did do this. Okay. And that's, you know, they did do this to us. But now, here we go. And this, this gets a little deep because this is where Bill jumps in as the wife. And he starts to, he starts now the lack of validation starts. The lack of validating 
the women. And like, damn, man, you know, you guys, men or women or whatever, you guys been through hell. But now here he is saying, let me show you how to do this to you, okay? Because you have all these questions which race through your mind of every woman who has an alcoholic husband or every wife who has, every woman or man who has an alcoholic wife, you know? These are all questions, okay? We hope this book has answered some of them because they want this book to be sold to them. After all, millions of copies were sold, okay? You can see that he really does love, now here's the invalidation of it, okay? This is another wife telling another wife, but it's not, it's Bill telling another wife, okay? Uh, perhaps your husband has been living in the, the strange world of alcoholism where everything is distorted and aggravated for him, for him. Feel sorry for him. Now this is, this is the part that you're not going to like, ladies and gentlemen. You can see that he really does love you with his better self. And I agree with that, his better self. You know, I believe we have a better self, we have a higher self, and I believe it's all inside of us, and I believe we're all in charge of it through our will, through our action, through our care, what we care about. So back then, really, how much did I care about my family? You know, the booze was important, and it was me doing it. I chose it. You know, I take responsibility for that. There we go. Today, most of our men are better husbands and fathers than ever before. Now, this is a wife telling another wife or a husband telling another husband that's not alcoholic about their alcoholic spouse. After I just read all the shit you do, okay? Now he's coming in and say, well, we recognize that he, you know, he, he really was devastating our family and it was really hurting us big time. But after all, Try not to condone your alcoholic husband, no matter what he says or does. He is just another very sick, unreasonable person. Now, this is, a, this is an Al-Anon. This is a, a wife telling another wife. But Bill said, he is just another very sick, unreasonable person. Treat him when you can as though he had pneumonia. That's sick shit. I told you this is damaging. Read this, men, women, children, relatives, mother, father. Read this and then get away from it. Okay, don't do it. These are the do's and don'ts of don't do it. Okay, that I'm giving you. Bill's telling you to do this. Okay. Treat him when you can, like he has pneumonia. When he, when he's angry, remember that he is very ill because they got to pump this disease. They got to, they got to push this disease. It's not his fault. It's not her fault. It's the disease. That's the excuse they have. We had, we have Alcoholics Anonymous members have, if you believe in a disease concept, that's an excuse. It's not my fault. It's this disease. I'm diseased. I'm powerless. There is another uh, important exe uh, exemption. Yeah, well, this, this is an exemption. If, if the man is so bad, leave him. Yeah, like all that wasn't bad enough. Mm -hmm. 
Don't let him get away with it. If you were if you were positive he is one of this type, yeah, really bad type, okay, then then watch out. Like, okay, then they go into categorize, and this is where they categorize. They put they put us, not me now, but they put members drinkers into four categories, right in this book, four categories, okay, to the wife. Now, where does your husband fit in? Okay, let's take a look. You know, I'm, I'm Lois, or I'm another, I'm a wife saying this. Let's take a look. Number one husband, be only a heavy drinker. Your husband may be only a heavy drinker. He may just be only a heavy drinker. That's okay. Well, he's got the right to drink, and he does. Because I believe in the power of choice and the freedom. The freedom and the power of choice. He wants a drink. But don't forget, there's consequences of our behavior. So cause and effect. Whatever we cause, there's an effect. And we have consequences from it. So if you want to drink heavy, ain't no problem. If you want to get drunk, you want to mess up, you want to go out, you want to party. But don't be, don't feel so hurt, you know, when your wife leaves you or your kids dismiss you and really don't appreciate you when you do some crazy shit, okay? Now, I'm not saying every drinker gets screwed up and messed up. There's there's drinkers that just, you know, have a couple drinks. You know, my wife has a drink every now and then. She's not a moderate drinker because moderation means control. Anyhow, you control not. She don't count her drinks. She just drinks once, you know, one or two, maybe once every month, maybe not, maybe two one after another, one night and the next night, or maybe next year or whatever. I've only seen her drunk at 50 years. Uh, that's not a moderate drinker. That's just a normal, I don't know. That's just a person that drinks like that. Here's number two. Your husband has shown lack of control. Oh, let me say number one, because I, I was part of number one. Heavy only on occasions. Sometimes he is sort of embarrassing. Yeah, I was sometimes when I did the moonwalk. My kids remember that um, he drank as a necessary for business. Uh, it is, he is positive he can control his liquor, that it harms him. Yeah, that was me. And this is over 35% right here, what I'm about to read, probably about 40% of the human beings to drink. He would probably be insulted if he was called an alcoholic. And I'm insulted today. I don't want to be called an alcoholic or leave. Oh, well, if you don't want to be called an alcoholic, that means you're not an alcoholic, okay? Then you don't, you... what a crock of shit, okay? I don't want to be labeled. You live my life, go live my life with my wife and my children and see if I had a problem with alcohol. I had a problem because I don't say I'm an alcoholic today. Oh, you, well, you're not an alcoholic. That's why, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, here's, here's, here's about 40%. He would probably be insulted if he was called an alcoholic. This world is full of people like him. Some will moderate or stop altogether, and some will not. Of those who keep on, a good number will become true alcoholics after a while. That's a, that's a, bunch, of sh that's a bunch of crap right there because they push the progression. See, that's why they have one, two, three, and four. They're showing you a progression of this disease, all right? Because, you know, they even said to me, they told me years ago, and they tell people today, that it's even growing inside of me why I'm not drinking. So you could have 30 years, but it's progressive inside your body. So if you drink, it was like you never stopped. Could you imagine that? 
If, if I drank it like it was never stuck, as soon as I took one, I'd be dead. That's what I bought into back then. That's what members get bought into. Look, members of Alcoholics and not, look, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to this channel. I need support. We need support. We need this message to be put out. Like us if you, if you do, please. And tell others to come and subscribe to Anonymous Addiction Podcast, Deprogramming Podcast. But all this here is laid out on Facebook at Anonymous Addiction, My Truth About AA as Bobby CC's private group. Private group on Facebook. Check it out. You're going to get all the skinny. I'm going to, I'm going to put all the links to all this stuff out there. So husband two. Here, I was part of husband two, too. Your husband is showing lack of control, for he is unable to stay on the wagon, water wagon, even when he wants to. Yeah, I wanted to. You know, I drank, and then I just continued to drink because I wanted to. I wanted an escape. It wasn't for me. It was an escape. I wanted to escape. Look, let me be honest. I wanted to escape responsibility, okay? I wanted a break. You know, like my wife couldn't have a break, but, oh, I was so deserving of a break. I wanted a break from all this stuff, all this stuff I had to cope with, you know. I had to cope with. So I go, I, I, I want via escape responsibility because I didn't have enough maturity or skill set to deal with all the stuff that I had to deal with. I had a drink, I had a habit. It was a habit. You know, in the olden days, they didn't call it. Years and years ago, they called it a habit. He admits this is true. He's unable to stay on a wagon. He has begun to try with or without your cooperation, various means of moderating or staying dry. Yeah, I never really tried. I never really tried, to tell you the truth. I'd say I'm gonna, you know, I promise you I won't drink, drink again, but I never tried because I didn't have any techniques. I, nothing was presented to me. Only Alcoholics Anonymous eventually after this crap, when I went into the program, when I said yes to help, when you know, I said yes to help. That's when I wanted. That's when I started trying. And guess what? I had a desire, because a desire is in all motivational programs. You have to have a desire. Desire means I want it. So I wanted. I tried. It would have been anything. I could have did anything. Tried it and had a desire, and I would have did it because I put my mind to it, and I wanted at that particular moment. Uh, number two, business may suffer, uh, nervousness, take a drink. You know, I used to take a drink because after my binges, after my three-day binges, I wouldn't eat. You know, I didn't drink much water. I'd sleep for two days. My hangovers would last for three. And I'd take a couple of drinks just because my mind was racing. It's all about the mind anyhow. It was all about the mind in the beginning. It wasn't about the booze. It was about my thinking. They should, they should call it. Thinking Anonymous, come on, join me at Thinking Anonymous. It's all about the thinking. Yeah, it is. Uh, number two, husband, nervousness. Uh, once more, he can drink moderately next time. Nah. He wanted to stop. He wants to want to stop. Now you got number three. This husband, he's committed to uh, sanitarium institutions, psych, psych hospitals, hospitals. He admits he cannot drink like other men. No, he's got a, he's got a habitual problem and he don't want to stop. Desperate wants to stop. He desperately, but he cannot. He desperately wants to stop. Wanting, he wants to stop. That's, 
If he wanted to stop, he would stop. If he had a desire to stop, he would stop. Okay, it's proven because it even says in four, the four, number four, your husband of whom you completely despise. Well, my wife despised me during my, and I was number one or two. And who wouldn't despise a person coming home drunk or neglecting their wife or children? Who wouldn't despise that? You know, it's, it would be normal. Oh, and then, you know, he was committed. He's, he's, he's the bad one. You know, let's now go back to number one. He describes number four as he's, he's the worst, but they get well, they get well also. The worst of the worst, because Bill and Bob back then, Bill and Bob did have the worst and the worst, okay? And they, they got, because they made a decision on their own to stop and they wanted to stop because the consequences was greater than the benefit. The pain was greater than the pleasure. It's all about pleasure, pain. Listen to Anthony Robbins, he'll tell you. It's another, you know, addiction because come join us over here and we're gonna show you self-motivation. We don't have to go places all the time to get motivated and then leave and then be unmotivated. Alcohol, Anonymous Addiction Deprogramming Podcast wants to show people how to be self-motivated. Isn't it a self-discovering program? Isn't it self-help? So they had one, two, three, and four, all right? It's just showing you a progression. It just wants to show, uh, to, it's a scare tactic for the wife, uh, husband, mother, father, children. Your husband's going to get going, to, he's going to die, institution, jail, or death. Drink again, jail, institutions, or death. If he doesn't get this program. So you better go out and get this book. And you better check it out as soon as possible. That's the promotion of it. Now, I hope we have time here. I don't know what the heck time it is because I'm just going on. But this is, you know, this is important for me. I, I, I might have to do a second podcast on this, but I hope not. I may just keep on going. I don't know if I can make it because I had to deprogram this whole thing in about three days. And I've read this many times and I didn't see it back then. Mm -mm. I didn't see it back then because the veil wasn't lifted. My consciousness wasn't expanded. I wasn't aware of what, I, I didn't connect the dots. I was told certain things. I believed certain things. Now Bill's gonna tell the wife, even though this is the wife, remember, this is the wife telling another wife or a husband telling another husband when it's Bill. Okay, the first principle, he wants it, you know, now Bill tells you what to do. First principle, never be angry. Wife, you tell my wife that. <laughs> my wife used to go to Al-Anon. She didn't do any of the steps. She didn't have a sponsor. She learned some things and then uh, eventually learned on her own how to deal with it. Okay. Patience. Be patient and good tempered are most necessary. I'm not lying. This is the, this is the stuff that another wife is telling another wife or another, but it's Bill. Okay. But this is thousands of, they want to, they're selling this book to thousands and thousands of wives and husbands that are suffering from this disease of alcoholism from their spouse 
and the mother and fathers and the children, they got to read this because it goes on the family after. Never tell him what he must do about his drinking. Mm -hmm. He may seek someone else to console him, not always another man. In other words, he'll go out and cheat on you. But be patient and uh, don't talk about his drinking. Uh, do not set your heart on reforming your husband. But now, he just said that, but listen. Be determined that your husband's drinking is not going to spoil your relationship with your children and your family. It hurts it big time. Do not set your heart on reforming him. Reasonableness and patience. Your husband may come to an, appreciate your reasonableness. Be reasonable and be more patient. Now, this is only six. I got like 50 of these. I'm going to tell you. They're right here in the book. Lay the groundwork for friendly talk, okay? And talk about the alcohol problem. Be sure you are not criticizing during such a discussion. Don't criticize him. You know, sit down with your husband. He's going to be, oh, yes, honey. I'll listen to you. Uh, what, what, what can you tell me about this book that you got, that you bought? And tell me all about it. And maybe you can help me, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not being, it's easy. I'm not. Wives can help their uh, husbands. There's no question about it. There's ways of doing it, okay? Wives are, can influence. They can be the pointer. They can be the pointer and influence their husbands. No question about it. They can help motivate through the stick usually or through the consequences, okay? Be sure you are not critical, okay? Let him see that you want to be helpful rather than critical. When a discussion arises, you might suggest he read this book. Honey, could you read this book for me? Because I know you're an alcoholic. At least this chapter on alcoholism. I want you to read this chapter on alcoholism because I believe you have it. You have a disease, you're sick. You got an illness, like pneumonia. I want you to read this, honey. Uh, tell him you have been worried, though perhaps needlessly. Could you imagine telling a wife, you're worried, you're worried. Not, don't validate any of her feelings or emotions or crap that she's been through or he's been through or your mother or father or your children have been through. Yes. Show him how, how confident in his power to stop and moderate. Say you do not want to be a wet blanket, but you only want him to take care of his health. Plus you may succeed in interesting him in alcoholism. They're promoting the disease concept to the wife or the husband of the problem drinker. Even if he's not a problem drinker, he's gonna be. This is alcoholics and not. This is Rockefeller's temperance movement. He designed it, created it, and promoted it along with every other thing he did prior, taking over the medical modernization of uh, the medical field industry. Oh boy, this may be too patient waiting. This, this may take patience waiting, but it, it will be worth it. Meanwhile, you might try to help another wife. 
So here they go, they're getting, try to help another wife that's a serious, that, try to help another wife of another serious drinker. This is Bill because Bill's setting this up because who, who, who do you think, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in here, who do you think uh, was the founder of uh, Al-Anon? No, it was Bill. No, oh, it was Lois. Oh, sorry. It was Lois. Check it out. Google it. Who was the founder? They say Annie B, but they never mentioned who Annie B is. It was a friend of Lois. It was Bill, the Rockefeller Foundation. Rockefeller created and designed Alcoholics Anonymous Inc., the foundation. Okay. This was all. It's only the beginning. Okay, uh, let's see, 17 May. Meanwhile, you might try to help the wife of another. This is where they get the help. The wife helps the other wife to read this book and do what this is telling them because they want him to, they want it because the alcoholic is so fragile. You know, they say he's so fragile. He, they want, they want the wife to be so fragile and because if you're not, you're gonna make them drink again. You're gonna be responsible because that's what this is saying. You're responsible for a sobriety. So this is all the things you should be doing. Eighteen, nineteen. after, the, suppose however the man, your husband fits the description of number one. The same principles which apply to husband number one should be practiced, but after he his next binge, asked him if he would really like to get over his drinking. In other words, these principles apply to one, two, three, and four. I don't care if you're even a moderate drinker, if you come home one day, you know, this this makes look, I'm not a prohibitionist, but you know, I I'm aware and I I, I want the I want people to understand the devastating consequences that alcohol industry and pharmaceutical industry and tobacco industry has on society. It's, it's bad. People will say, well, it's just a small part of it. Well, somebody has to talk about the small part of it, not about the disease. I'm not an Alcoholics Anonymous and I don't believe in the disease. I don't believe in a 12 step model, but I still believe that there's devastating consequences, okay? Me personally, I believe in uh, an alcohol-free lifestyle. I don't like the word abstinence because as soon as you say abstinence, oh, then you believe in Alcoholics Anonymous because they buy abstinence. I believe in a lifestyle, an alcohol-free lifestyle. That's what I choose. I believe in it. And I'm gonna promote, I'm gonna help promote it. If anyone wants to come and join and, and learn how to get an easy, you want to call it sobriety, easy sobriety, easy lifestyle, easy, simple moment. Alcohol-free and drug-free lifestyle. That's what I do today. Okay. And that's okay. Whatever you do, you do. I believe in the power of freedom of choice. Okay. Because we all suffer consequences of our behavior through cause and effect. Okay. Mentalism. Check out mentalism. It's all about here. Not the brain, the mind, the thinking, the heart, the feelings, the emotion the will, the care, the action behind it. 
Okay, so let's see, we're at like uh, 19, 20. Tell him what he has found out about alcoholism. Show him that as alcoholics, the writers of this book understand. Tell him some of the interesting stories you have read. They want the woman to read this whole book. They will, because, you know, if you were told back then and today, if you read this book, your husband will be cured. If you read this book, you will be cured. Your family will be cured because we're getting into, this is the creation of the family disease. So not only does the alcoholic have a disease, so does the wife. She goes into Al-Anon. So does the children. They go into Alateen. A family disease concept promoted. I'll get into it. Promoted. I don't know what where we're in at, but uh, 21. If he is lukewarm or thinks he is not an alcoholic, we suggest you leave him alone. Yeah, okay. Here, here. He knows that thousands of men, much like himself, have recovered. Now listen to this. This is, I don't know. This is only one 22 of, of him telling you what to do and how to do it. Listen to this. Listen to this lie. Because this book was written in 1939. Exaggeration of numbers. It was written in 1939 when there's 50, 75, maybe 100 numbers. He knows that thousands of men, much like himself, have recovered. Well, if they're recovered, which I believe everything is recovered, I'm recovered from this problematic drinking. It, it, as soon as you stop, you're recovered. Okay, all you got to do is maintain your belief, your will, if you want it, or switch your thinking and go some other direction. But you're, you're recovered. Recovered. If we're recovered, why do we need a good Alcoholics Anonymous? Because they say, they say it's a daily reprieve. That's where they get this daily reprieve. If you don't do a daily basis, you're going to drink again. So that means you're only recovered for a day. No, I guess, I don't know. If you want to believe that, if you're only recovered for a day, then that's the mentality they want you to put the husband, wife, children, mothers, parents. They want you to believe that it's a daily reprieve. You're never going to get better. So it's a toxic environment, total toxic environment. So when you get into this toxic environment, you believe your belief system is going to believe all this stuff. Your family's going to believe it. Your kids are going to believe it. Your mother, father, all the relatives. And they pump this out to the public. Every physician, doctors, politicians, legislation, uh, psychiatrists, treatment centers, public, they pump this out after this. They just pumped it out. They laid, and I'm going to lay it all out after in, in a little while. You know, I think, I, I don't know. I think I better stop there because, I don't know. I don't know how, how long we've been going. It's three o'clock, I'll bet you about 45 minutes. I'm going to do a second podcast with this. I'm going to get into a lot more. You think, you, you think this is ending? There's a lot more. You'd be so surprised at this chapter that it actually thrills me that, that I can really get into this and unveil it and uncover it and pass it on, you know, like they say, pass it on. I'm gonna pass on what I've discovered, how I deprogrammed all this stuff. And I'm gonna get into a lot of other things in part two of To the Wives, chapter eight, written by Bill Wilson. Take care, everyone. Let's see if I can stop. Bye-bye. Don't forget to subscribe. See you on part two of this podcast.